0: motherhood, marriage, and all things adulting. That's what you'll find each week here at the Chaos Under Control podcast. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Emily Richardson, and I'm so excited to share this transparent and relatable space with you. So grab a coffee, invite a friend, and let's hang. Hello, my name is Emily, if we have not met yet, and I am thrilled to now be your best friend. (laughs) So thank you for taking the time to come join me on this podcast today. The first time you listen, we are BFFs from here on out, and that will not change. So if this is your first time, welcome to our lovely space. And if it's not your first time, I'm so excited that you're back. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into today's episode. My child could wake up at any minute. It has been a day and I do not want our episode to get interrupted. So we're going to just fly through this in the most organized way possible. And I cannot wait to talk about today's topic. So it is season three, episode 66, and we are talking all things in-laws. no, I'm kidding. (laughs) At the conclusion of today's show, I hope that you feel a sense of preparation for when you have in-laws in the future, or maybe a new perspective with your current in-laws. So don't put your gloomy glasses on, go into this with an open mind. And I truly think it will impact you whether you're single, engaged, married, whatever it is, if you have in-laws or you plan to one day, you're going to need to hear this very good stuff I have for you. So until you get into a serious relationship or married, your family is all that is in your quote unquote immediate bubble. Your immediate bubble is the group of people you do holidays, family reunions, vacations, weddings, and all of those things with, aka the ones you celebrate life with. So you know who that is, your mom, dad, sister, brother, I don't have to list all of it. That's your immediate family, your immediate bubble, we're going to call it and you'll see why in just a moment. So upon having a significant other, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, your immediate bubble still exists, but your significant other has one as well. So remember, you have this bubble of close family, but your significant other has a bubble as well. We all have a bubble. Now, here's the kicker. Just keep the bubble in mind because here's why it's important. When you are blowing bubbles, just any bubbles outside, blowing bubbles from Walmart or wherever, and two of those bubbles collide, one of two things happens. Either they combine together or they pop. That's just the facts. This is the same idea. So I have 10 points here that should hopefully set your bubbles, quote unquote, up for success. And again, I'm writing them down on my handy dandy notepad. I just prefer it this way. So sorry if you hear the paper shuffling, but I have my list right here for you and I want you to have an open mind with these 10 points and I truly hope that they benefit you with your current or future in-laws. So point number one, you married your spouse, not their family. You should want a relationship with their family, but not allow their family baggage to have a place in your marriage. Now here's what I mean by that. Here's an example. Let's say that their family is just crazy in so many different ways. That should not dictate your marriage. It should not be that if his mom is crazy, that that should have any impact on your marriage, what goes on in your house, the decisions made for your family. That outside noise does not belong in your marriage. It's not healthy. So keep that in mind. Moving on. Point number two, you might not like them, but you should still respect them. Your spouse wouldn't be your spouse if it wasn't for them. They will always have a part of your spouse that you don't. So no matter how you look at them, no matter if they are just the craziest wild hogs you've ever met, or if they are just queen of England, just the utmost class and respect whatever it might be, you need to respect them because the person that you love and respect and are choosing to do life with, they are the exact person down to the science, every hair on their head, the smile that you love, their mannerisms, they got that all from obviously God who created them, but their family. And you might not see eye to eye with their family. They might not be your first choice of people to be around, but you need to respect them simply because without them and all of their characteristics, flaws, and the good traits as well, without them, you wouldn't have the spouse that you have chosen to do life with that you love dearly. So don't lose sight of that. That's important. Point number three understand the probability you may not have a close relationship with some of them as you do others that is okay and that can change over time when you go into a relationship with someone if he has let's say three sisters and you're close with two of them but one of them's kind of standoffish from the beginning don't hold that over her head don't hold a grudge from the beginning don't feel awkward she might just have a different personality She might have had issues with his last ex-girlfriend and it just caused a whole trust issue border around her and who she likes her brother to date or vice versa. Maybe they've got a couple of brothers and the brothers and you just don't really mesh that well from the get-go. Just give it time and understand that just because you might get along with one of them doesn't mean you have that same connection with all of them. Everybody's different. It takes time. Be patient. Point number four. Your spouse might badmouth their family, but you should not, and vice versa. That, just give me a minute, because that is just, it fires me up. I can't, that's one rule my husband and I have in our marriage, and I've mentioned that in an episode previously about the things I've learned within three years of marriage. Because no matter if your spouse is yelling up one side and down the other, how terrible their brother is, how much their dad makes them sick, whatever it is, It is not your place to join in and fuel that fire. I don't care what has happened. You need to understand that you can't get on your spouse's level of just disowning and hatefulness towards their family. Because they will always be connected by blood and they have a longer and a more in-depth relationship than you have, whether you agree with it or not. And you cannot ever think it's okay to belittle or degrade their family. And they can't do that with yours either. You can listen to them vent and you can support them while they vent and say, yeah, you know, I understand why you're feeling that way. And I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry you and Billy are having these issues. But don't ever jump in and say, yeah, you're right. He's a piece of crap. He's disgusting. I can't stand him. Don't put yourself in that mess. Don't do that. It's not worth it, and they can't put themselves in your family's mess either. It's just not a good look. It's not a good place to be. Halfway down the list, point number five, put your in-laws on an equal playing field as your own family, especially when it involves your kids. Remember, your in-laws are just as related to your kids as your family is. This is so crucial because I know as a mom, it's so easy for me to text my mom and my sisters and my dad and all of my family as I have my whole life. But it would also be easy for me to kind of forget about my husband's family because I would think, well, that's his job to text his family and send his mom pictures of Stetson and his brothers. That's not the case. Even though it would be easy to do that, you have to include all of them equally because in your child's eyes or your children's eyes, They have grandmas, they have grandpas, they have aunts, they have uncles, and they don't think one is more deserving than the other as a child. They just see them as their family. So you need to set them up on that equal playing field as their family, as your in-laws. You need to give them each the same amount of respect. You need to sit down with your spouse and say, okay, we're going to see your family these holidays, my family these holidays, or divide that up and be fair Don't let one bubble be bigger than the other one. Remember, the bubbles either go together to form one or they clash and they pop and the bubbles just aren't there anymore. So make sure you're being fair when it comes to your family and how much they see your child as well as your spouse's family, how much they see your child, how much attention they get from all of you. Of course, they have to put in the effort as well. And that's a whole different story. But on your end, make sure you're doing your part because it matters. It does. It can't be about you and your personal agenda. It has to be fair for everybody involved. That's the best way to go. Point number six, have a relationship with your in-laws outside of your spouse. And this takes time. It is so beneficial for your marriage though. I cannot stress this enough. I am so close with my in-laws, my husband's stepmom, his dad, his mom, his stepdad, his grandparents, brothers, all of them. I'm close with all of them in different ways, and we're going on four years of marriage in April, and they have been there for me through so much. My husband's deployed right now, and I text his mom all the time. I text his brother's girlfriend and it's just, we're all close. I called his grandma today. I talked to her on the phone and I made sure that I have a relationship with them outside of my husband because I want it to be where his job takes him away a lot and he's not here. I still want to be able to know that I can call on them if I need them or I can vent to them or I can ask them for advice or just call up and have a friendly phone call, even if no advice is needed or make plans to go see them. I'm going to go see his mom for her birthday. Me and Stetson are going to road trip and i didn't didn't have to run that by my husband. I didn't have to say, well, he's not going to be with me, so it's going to be kind of awkward. No, not at all. I made sure to put my best foot forward with all of them to make sure that when my spouse isn't around, and even when he is, that I have taken the time to get to know them in my own way. I've learned things about them, not from what other people have said, but what I have seen up front with them. And I've made sure that My personality is shown to them from me, not through my husband's eyes or his mouth. They've actually hung out with me and gotten to know me. And as their son or brother or whoever they are to Tyler, as his wife and the mother of their grandchild or nephew or whatever the case may be, that they respect me and see the real me. And because I've put that effort in and they have as well, we have a great relationship and it's so strong and it is so good for my marriage. You don't even know. It's the best. It truly is. They say it takes a village and you can do it alone with just you and your spouse, but it's so much better if you have a village. So much better. So highly recommend that. Point number seven, at times you will disagree with them as you would with anyone else, but always go about differences and disputes the classy way. Do not be that person that gets on Facebook and says, well, you know what? My mother-in-law is just crap and she gets on my nerves and she acts like my husband is still her baby and blah, blah, blah. Facebook and the internet world is not going to solve your family problems and it's just going to make things worse. Have respect for your children and don't take their grandparents' name and run it through the mud publicly for the whole world to see. Don't do that. Handle things classy, be respectful of your spouse, and know that even though you may not see eye to eye with his mom, that's still his mom. And he has a relationship with her that means something, or she wouldn't be within your life at all. The fact that she's here, the fact that you communicate with her, is because of him. And he means something to her, and she means something to him. Vice versa. If you don't get along with your girl's dad, She's probably a daddy's girl. Most girls are. If her dad is in her life, that means he's important to her. And she's important to you. So you have to get off your high horse sometimes. You have to be the bigger person. You have to just hash things out in a respectable adult manner Because you don't want something to go wrong that's going to snowball in the years and months to come. You don't want issues at family dinners, at Thanksgiving, figuring out how you can avoid this person and that person. And you just don't want that. Because that chaos within their family is just going to fall right into your marriage. And it's just going to be a disaster that doesn't need to be there. It's just, it's such unnecessary drama. Don't let yourself be that person that just constantly finds yourself having issues with your in-laws. It's just a bad look and it's not necessary. It's so much better if you get along or if you can't get along, just be respectful from a distance. That's fine as well. Point number eight, even if the only thing you and your in-laws have in common is your spouse and your kids, those are the most important things in all of your lives. So understand and value that. This isn't the case, but let's say it was. Let's say that the only thing my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my brother-in-laws, whatever, if the only thing we have in common is Stetson, my son, and my husband, Tyler, that's enough. They are the two most important things to me, and they are the two most important things to my in-laws. So that alone should be enough ground leverage for me to say, okay, it's not like it's a tangible item. It's my child and my husband that means something to me. It's her son and her grandson. It's their brother and their nephew. They are people. They matter to all of us. That should be enough for us to be civil at dinners and birthday parties and family functions. It should be enough for me to send them a Christmas card without passive aggressiveness or signing something stupid and just really lowballing it in the card. No. Make sure that you're always being the bigger person. You'll never regret being the bigger person in any situation in life. You'll never regret it. You might in the moment, you might wish that you would have been catty or said something back or had the last word. But years from now, when your children are looking up to you and you reflect back on things, you will never regret when you were the bigger person, I promise. And when it comes to your in-laws, it's the same way. If you can't find anything else to agree on with them or respect them for, Just respect that you love the same people. You love your child and your spouse or whatever it is for you. That alone is more than enough for you to be civil with them and them to be civil back to you. And if they're not civil back to you, that still isn't an excuse for you to not be the bigger person for your spouse, for your child. Do it for them. Point number nine. Your mother-in-law slash father-in-law are having to learn how to share and pass along the responsibility of being their child's number one person or people. Cut them some slack. I can't tell you how many friends I have that say, oh my gosh, she still treats him like he's her baby and he's in diapers practically in her eyes and she always calls her dad when she needs help with something. She doesn't always run it by me first, blah, 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 whatever. Just the catty arguing within couples. But here's the thing. Up until you came along, that dad and that mom, that was who they looked up to for everything. That's who taught them how to be the person that you're in love with. Or maybe it's grandparents. Maybe it's their parents didn't raise them, their grandparents did. Or their aunt and uncle, whoever it is. Whoever the adult figure is in their life, that's who taught them everything they know. That's who made them be the person that you thought was worthy of marrying. So have the respect for those people that it's probably hard for them to just cut the tie and say, okay, you take over now. When they need help with something, they're going to come to you. They don't ever need to come to me. When they need a shoulder to cry on, they're always going to go to you, never to me. No, that's not how it is. They still need their parents, their grandparents, their siblings, their aunts, their uncles, their friends. You just take a special place in their heart now that no one else can have, but that doesn't push the others away. It just kind of rearranges their roles, but they're still important. They don't become any less important. They just have different roles than before. They've passed along some responsibility to you. And that's probably hard for them. Nobody wants to see their kids pull away from them. I love Stetson. It's going to break my heart on the day that I realize that he doesn't need me as much as he once did. But those times that he does need me, I'm going to want him to want me in those moments. When he calls me and asks for my opinion and my advice and my help and he confides in me, that's going to mean something. And it doesn't mean that when he falls in love one day, even if I adore the person that he's marrying or the person he's in love with and has children with, even if I just adore them and know they're the right one, I'm still going to have a hard time letting go because I'm a parent and it's what we do. And that's just how it is. And that doesn't mean that we respect or uh, feel less than about the person that they're marrying. We don't respect them any less. We don't think they're not enough. We just know that at one time we were their whole world. And they were our whole world and they still are. And so letting go looks different for everybody and easing back looks different for everybody. So just have some compassion for them and have compassion for yourself as you're learning how to pull away from your family, your siblings, your aunt, uncle, whoever, to migrate with your spouse and be your own person as well. So keep that in mind. And now we're to the last point that is crucial. If you don't take anything else from this list, just listen to this one. Point number 10. You will be someone's in-laws one day too. Take notes. They are setting the example for you. They are showing you what you do and don't want to do one day. And you don't get a handbook. There's no handbook that says this is how you're the in-law that everybody wants. Somebody's probably written a book like that, but that doesn't make it correct. So understand that everybody's situation is different. Your mother-in-law letting go her first son might be different than letting go of her second son and letting each of them marry two different people. It's a different experience. You have to respect that. You have to respect people's journey and know that at the end of the day, every one of us is imperfect and we're human. So that alone should let you know that there's gonna be a mess along the way. There's gonna be hiccups. There's gonna be frustration and downfall, but there's plenty of room to grow and have grace for each other, and want things to be better. Make sure that you have your kid's best interest in mind, your spouse's, and just know that everything you love about your spouse, that you love them enough to have children with them, and grow your family, and make the world a better place with them, everything they learn is from those people, your in-laws. So while you might not love everything about them, you love them enough because They gave you the one thing that you dreamed of your whole life, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, who in return gave you something even better, your children that you get to watch grow and you get to be in-laws one day for your children when they meet someone. So just remember that. We're all going through this life cycle and some people are ahead of us, some will be behind us but make sure that we're listening to the people ahead of us we're learning from them so we can be the best in-laws we can be for our children's spouses one day and then be the best grandparents and the best aunts and uncles and be the best we can be for those around us we just have to remember that i'm telling you my in-laws changed my life i married into a family that has loved me and respected me and taken me in as their own, and I could not ask for better family for Stetson and me, and I'm so blessed that Tyler has family who is all so different, by the way. His stepmom and his mom are night and day. His dad and his stepdad are night and day. His brothers are different, but all of them are so special to me, and I've learned something from all of them, and it's beautiful, and without them, my life would be a lot more dull, so I love having them. If any of them are listening to this, I love you and appreciate every one of you You mean so much to me, and I hope that anyone listening to this, if you have in-laws right now, I hope that you have a healthy relationship with them, and if you don't, invest in it. Do your part, and if it doesn't come out healthy, at least you know you tried. If you have a great relationship with your in-laws, don't take it for granted. It's beautiful, and it will get you through so many things in life. I am living proof, I promise you. You will never regret having a good relationship with someone, especially when it's the people that are part of your spouse's life that means more to them than you'll ever know nobody wants cattiness among families nobody wants to dread the holidays because you have to see the side of the family you can't stand life's too short it's way too short and if you have the chance to have loved ones and people that care about you and your family jump on that and make the most of it be a good in-law and love the in-laws you have make them want to be better show them how to be better Be a good person all the time. It's never a bad idea to be a bad person or the bigger person. Y'all, I love you so much. And by the grace of the Lord, my child is still asleep. So we had no interruptions this episode. I'm sorry if it seems like I flew through this, but I really wanted to get this out there for y'all. And... By the way, I did have a hiccup. I have a knee injury right now. So I don't know how that's going to hinder me recording episodes. I'm going to have family coming up here to stay with me while I kind of get more mobile again. So my house will be a little more loud than normal. But I'm trying to get episodes out every Tuesday right now. That's my goal. But if something changes, I'll let you know in the podcast group on Facebook, The Chaos Tribe. Please join that group if you haven't. Leave a five star review. DM me on Instagram at Emily G. Richardson if you need anything. I'm always here for you. I love each and every one of you. Make the most of this week. God bless. See you next time.